This episode features an inspirational facilitator whose favorite thing is to empower women to feel good. The soft and strong, wild and free, fragile and fierce Sophie Clear. Together, we take a no-bullshit look at Sophie's journey from disconnection to body confidence and the pleasures and heightened sexuality of her perimenopause. Yes, you heard that right. More sex, more libido and more fun. There is some explicit language, so if that's not your thing, you might prefer to listen to a different episode. My name's Kate. And this is Life and Inside Job, the podcast where we explore how to nourish our inner worlds and make them a great place to hang out so that our outer lives can be more fun, meaningful and pleasurable. If you like this conversation afterwards, it would be just brilliant if you could possibly rate it, maybe with five stars, that would be fab. And maybe even leave a little review on iTunes, not only because it will make me happy, but also because people need to know this stuff. And by by leaving a review, people will be able to read that there are some great ideas here, practical, actionable tips about how to live a more pleasurable life. Hey, Sophie. Kate. Tell me about body confidence. What what does that actually, what does that mean to you? It occurred to me that um, it can mean lots of different things to lots of different people. But mm. I'm interested in what that means for you. Yeah, well, um, I, I, I can say this. I didn't used to have it and now I do. <laughs> so for me... Yeah, actually, interestingly, in my younger years, I was way less confident. I had way more hang-ups about my body when I'm sure it was absolutely beautiful um, and 20 years younger than it is now. Um, But something shifted in me where I just, I don't know why I appreciate it more. And I think... That is partly just getting older, uh, knowing myself better and um, putting, well, I like to get it out a bit. So I do, I do like to, um, I feel comfortable with my nudity and that kind of thing. And And I think that all of those things help me, but I think it is different for everybody. But um, so it's kind of impossible to say what it would be for somebody else, but yeah. I can say what it is for me, you know? Yeah. Um, and I, I, I often see your bum. I, you know, I get, I open up my phone and I look at my Instagram feed and it's, oh, there's Sophie's lovely bum. <laughs> my lovely bum. <laughs> yeah, I never had, I always liked my bum and I still do. So um, we've always had a fairly good relationship. <laughs> um, but it is like that, isn't it? It's, um, your relationship with yourself, mm-hmm. your, you know, how do I feel about my body? Um, and, and, and it's not, and it's not necessarily as easy as that because 
we have bits of our body that we like more and less and bits that we appreciate or bits that are more functional than other bits and you know so it's not necessarily like I love my body in its entirety it's like oh you know I can appreciate parts of my body um for what they give me and for what they allow me to do in my life as well as like the aesthetics and, and I think we do kind of like narrow down on aesthetics yeah. a lot don't we yeah. um so what I hear you saying is that say if you take like um the uh, tricep so under underarms lots of people have just as an example lots of people have negative feelings about about that underarms they think that they're too wibbly or too this or that and what you're describing is over a process of time is going from judging a part of your body mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to kind of enjoying it so it's like it's like um changing your relationship with improving your relationship with your partner or changing your relationship with a friend or becoming more friendly would that kind of describe it with more yeah more friendly because it might not be that we can go from like really not liking a part of ourselves to loving it. I mean, that just seems a little bit too much of a leap, doesn't it? But could we appreciate the texture of it? Could we appreciate its wobbliness, you know? Um, can can we enjoy, can we, can we enjoy what, it, what, what that part of our body affords us? Like, you know like I might have for example one of my areas that I don't love so much is my neck I don't like as I'm aging it's like you know I'm like really but my neck is like it's also like long and it helps my head move around and I can do all of these amazing things with my upper body and it's like so how can I not appreciate my neck Mm. you know it might not be my favorite bit, but I can still love it for what it for what it is. You know, so are, you, are you shifting your your attention from appearance to function? Yeah. Okay. That, that's where I would start. That's where I would start because I think it's a it's a it's a tangible way in, isn't it? It's like, um, yeah. If I it, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, and the thing that, that is just astonishing is that all this stuff is completely invisible to the outside world. Now I'm looking at your neck, thinking, "What is she on about?" It's That's a, about necky neck. It's necky neck. I know. <laughs> I know. But we spend all day looking at ourselves and diet. You know, we do. You know, um, I think some of us more than others, but. We've kind of been made that way. Well, I, I can say, you know, I grew, I, I grew up uh, with a mother who literally talked about going on a diet every week, I think. You know, like, oh, I've got to lose some weight. I've got to lose some weight. I've got to lose some weight. And it's like, that's going to, yeah. you know, that's going to imprint somewhere, isn't it? Um, yeah, that, that teaches you how to be in a female body. Right. Right, exactly. It needs improving and you need to be smaller all the time and yeah. receive less in terms of nourishment. 
I'm sorry, I have a lot of opinions about the diet industry. And so if you're not okay and smaller, you're too big for your boots and you're not allowed to receive nourishment, then what does that do to your spirit, you know? That's heavy, but isn't it? It's, it's, yeah, and it, you know, in the, in the kind of the world of magazines and the world of sort of mainstream culture, oh, it makes me so angry. It's dressed up as healthy and vital, but the message is still, I see out there, the message is still that you should be smaller and you're not okay as you are. Mm-hmm. Everywhere. But it's but then people they, they, you know it's it's got more sophisticated and a bit more slick these days and it's often about health but I really question I see I see the misogyny in it it's my view. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and I think it's difficult to really to really pick apart like where does that come from? Where does that where did that belief start? in myself you know because it's it's so you know layered isn't it I would even question whether there's any point in picking it apart I think Mm. it's I would I would I would suggest that for most of us that that will lead us down a rabbit hole of looking up our asses (laughs) well it would be because I'm an expert expert at looking up my arse I've done nearly 30 years of looking at my arse and I'm I have all I have pieces of paper to prove it you know I have lots of certificates to say that I'm very good at looking at my arse but I think the actual gold is in in the here and now absolutely and when I um, yeah and so when I kind of get angry at the world for you know whatever issues I seem to have I I realize that's also limiting as well you know it's like actually like you say in the here and now what can I do to change it how can I feel more satisfied within myself you know within myself Mm. you know um without blaming my mom it you know she just did the best that she could Mm. with what she had and I think that you know in a lot of ways that wasn't Mm. a great deal in terms of like female empowerment and you know so so it's like I have to start from me yeah and um what I've I guess the the journey that I've kind of like traveled on has been it's taken a while you know it's taken a I remember in my 30s so I'm 44 now and I remember there was a point in my 30s where I allow my I allowed myself to wear skirts I I got my legs out because my legs were always too pale I used to think they were too pale um kind of like they wouldn't tan you know they weren't a great color and then I just went can I swear yes swearing is allowed and encouraged (laughs) I just went fuck it I'm getting my legs out you know and that was a real shift for me of, of just like actually legs are great they might not be like golden brown but they're great so what, you know. what, what was the trigger? What, what changed, changed you from hiding your legs to saying, fuck it? Can you remember? I actually, honestly, I, I mean, it could have been my yoga practice potentially, but I, I don't even think it was. I actually can't tell you. It just, 
it just changed Mm. but that wasn't you know that was the start of it and that was in my early 30s Mm. um and it's taken you know it's taken a really long time because you know there were lots you know did did lots of destructive things to my body in my 30s but you know so that was a a piece of it but there was lots of other pieces that needed Mm. to you know to to come in before I before you can be where you're at now and I'm sure there'll be plenty more between now and you know can you say a bit about those pieces that have come in to support you yeah I would say I um so I've practiced yoga since I mean for for many many years but I was seriously practicing yoga I'd say from my sort of late-ish 20s um however I still felt a, I didn't know this at the time, but there was still a disconnection between my body and my soul. So I had my yoga practice that I did and it was, it was quite a physical thing, but I was still having very um, toxic relationships. I was still having um, sex with people that I just shouldn't have been having sex with for my soul and um I was very much looking outside to fill my self to 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 fill the the holes that that I felt were there and um which I know you know I'm you know it's a classic I know but (laughs) that's what was happening and at some point I just went it got so, so bad that I just went, okay, I cannot continue with this. I cannot. Um, I, re- I, I think I realised what I was doing to myself, mm. you know. Mm. So, so I feel like the change has been the melding of my body and my soul and my spirit and my being. Mm which means that I now realize that I ha- that there's a communication and a dialogue between, you know, the big eye and the little eye, whatever you want to call it, you know, my, myself and my body and what I do with my body impacts my soul. For somebody who isn't, who doesn't um, use the word soul or can't really relate to that, can you, can you give yeah. us a kind of practical example of what that communication might look like between big eye mm-hmm. and eye or body and soul or what what does that what does that form does that take on a daily basis um like a felt uh, yes or no within my body and how does that show up for you so it would be um I don't know, like, do if I go if I go sea swimming, for example, go sea swimming quite a lot. If I'm kind of like, does my body want this? Mm. Does this feel right for me to go in the sea today? It's like a, a dialogue mm. that I have with myself, and I can feel it. Or if I'm in, I know none of, none of us are really in rooms with other people at the moment, but say, you know, if I'm with someone that I don't feel comfortable with or if someone asks something of me 
that is not okay, mm-hmm. then I feel it in my body. And I feel? <laughs> I'm so nosy and nerdy about this because everybody does it differently. You know? It's like, <laughs> what do I feel? It's just, how it's, you, what does no feel like inside yourself? It's like, you know, if it's a no, it's just like a, it's a no, it's just like a closing. A closing. And if okay. Yes, my body will open. Okay. And you're, you know? you're, you're, you're making a gesture and you're up. Yeah, so it's like a, a, yeah, exactly, like a closing and a protection. And a, when, it's, um, when it's a yes, it's an opening and a softening, mm. you know, and I feel that in my belly. I feel that. It, you know in my um yoni or my you know it's like I, I feel it um viscerally mm-hmm. and then I and then I do what my body wants so you have your own portable in a guru yeah <laughs> yeah I really I really think I do I really think I do and so does everybody yeah so does everybody I really- I think it's t- I think it's totally accessible. We we just have to start building that connection and that that relationship with ourselves. And the thing is, is that we we're not we're not taught that we're not shown that that's you know. So it's it's there, but we have to we have to find it. We have to connect to it. Mm-hmm. And um, there's lots of ways of doing that, which is which is mm-hmm. great. Um, uh, so yeah, for me, I would say the path of like conscious sexuality has been a huge, huge journey for me. Cause that was where my really negative patterns were. And I've, and I've been able to go on a journey that has transformed those. Um, and so now I have real authority and real integrity and, you know, I'm sweet with myself and, you know, so that's just been like a, a huge shift for me. Again, that has taken quite a long time. <laughs> and could, I mean, would you like, could you say something about conscious sexuality and what that is and about your journey? Would that be okay? If it's, if it's not something you want to share, then that's fine too. I can I can definitely share it. I mean, again, I, I got to a place where it was so so bad that I had to make a change. And I, I I feel like for me anyway in my life, that's generally what happens. <laughs> you know, things get re- so shit you can't ignore them anymore, and then you know, or something happens, or your body reacts in a in in a way that you know. So actually, when um, do I share this? I think I can share this. Ask when, your body. Um, no, ask the inner guru. No, no. Okay. I'm happy. I'm happy to. Okay. Um, my body, when I, when I was at that point of like, this is so bad, um, I actually developed um, like a chronic um, thrush condition that lasted for, mm. it actually lasted like more than a year, um, but it prevented me from doing things that were damaging to myself. Yeah. So my body was just like, no, mm. you're not going to be doing this anymore. Mm. Like she actually prevented it from happening. <laughs> yeah. I think, I mean, there's a lot of, you know, you get ads, ads for thrush cream on the, on the telly at the moment, um, which is good, you know, but we, yeah. we can talk about that. That's good. But it, it does, 
it does interest me as a body mind kind of a person mm. um that we would ignore what the bod what our bodies are saying and slap some cream on and get on with it you know yeah of course but quick fixes we like quick fixes don't we oh so. i love a quick fix love a quick uh, me too you know i i, <laughs> I do but you know what's that saying the way out is through it's like you know so so with the conscious sexuality um that still took a long time to come in from that point you know like a few years till I just got to a point where I, I um actually I'll tell you what happened I I I want I wanted to I wanted to explore it and I wasn't sure where to start so what I did was I went and had a tantric massage with a woman um and um I went and had a tantric massage with a woman and it was honestly one of the most beautiful experiences I've ever had uh with my body and I was just like wow you know our bodies are incredible capable of giving us so much pleasure you know and we just don't know it we don't know it we don't we don't have access to it we're not you know we don't have that mentoring as we as we grow up you know as we as we become women we don't have someone saying well you know your body can do this and let me show you and like you know how amazing would that have been but no it like took me until I was 40 and that's when I started you know really diving into that but you know it it that was the start for me and then I went on a journey of um of um I I um did some work with a an organization organization called ISTA which is um institute for shamanic temple arts so they bring in like tantra and shamanism and it's a really beautiful um week-long process um of kind of rediscovering yourself sexually and sensually and that's when I started to really understand and really um learn about my boundaries what's okay for me what you know that kind of stuff where do I disconnect what how what engages me what disconnects me and you know so started learning a lot from that point really in terms of like conscious sexuality um it's big as well because as women it's like we are we are sexual sensual beings but again our sexuality our sensuality is kind of what's the word commodified isn't it so so again it's like when is it really our own mm. you know we're either of baby making years or we're not <laughs> So let's 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 do it, Sophie. Let's talk about the real juicy stuff, which is what I was really I'm so interested in at the moment, and that's um, menopause and pleasure, and menopause and sexuality. Um, and I know that you are in perimenopause mm -hmm. at the moment. How has that impacted your relationship with? 
your body and your relationship to pleasure? Um, I think I have (laughs) I'm laughing because the first thing that came into my mind was like there is a sense of urgency (laughs) Um, (laughs) Ah. (laughs) there's a sense of thank you there's a sense of urgency because Oh, look, I've got no intention of like going, well, you know, I'll be sexually active till 50 and then that'll be me done. Not a chance. I am going for as long as I can go for, you know, like in my mind, I am just getting started on this. You know, can I just say, (laughs) 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 I'm waving my pom poms. Yeah, I won't have it. I won't have it. I'm not, I'm not going to be, we've had this conversation before. I'm just not going to be the woman that goes and just shuffles off into a corner and, you know, just isn't seen or heard or, you know, it's like, well, I'm not really interested in sex anymore. I have to say, I mean, I have a high, I have quite a high sex drive. I really do. And I, and I need it. Um, <laughs> and you know I, I I know that that might shift um I know women in their 70s who are very juicy thank you very much um and I hope I'm one of them <laughs> so it's a bad chance you might be I hope so I hope so um you know I would be I would be sad to think that I kind of lost my mojo in, you know, in five or 10 years time. I don't know. Maybe I will. Maybe. I mean, I'm, I'm just at the start of, uh, you know, I'm just at the start of sort of that, that perimenopausal uh, time. So for the last couple of years or whatever, I, the, the last couple of years have been the sexiest years of my life so far by far so <laughs> if it keeps escalating mm. then you know escalating or you know if I keep expanding in the way that I'm expand- expanding now then who are who bloody are who bloody I, mean, I, I think this is I think this is such an important is so important for people to hear that there is the full spectrum of possibilities through perimenopause. And, you know, because we're human, we are kind of addicted to the dr- dramatic negativity. Mm. So, you know, oh, there was a roach crash outside, you know, and, and we say, oh, it was terrible and this happened, all these bad things happened and everybody kind of gets stuck into that but actually there is a full range of possibility and of sexual expression through menopause from and I also want to acknowledge the extreme suffering that happens as well for some for some people and and full expression and as as you know the, the place that you're in of of expansive um joy of and it's uh, expansive expression of your sexuality through your forces yeah and 
you know and that really has has come about you know because I, I was in a place that was so different to that you know I used sex to try and get what I wanted mm. you know I always had I had I, I never had any trouble getting sex I could get sex whenever I wanted it really I didn't want that though I wanted a partner but the way that I thought I could get a partner was through having sex well that would was a flawed plan you know that just did not work for me so you know it took me a while to realize that that was not the way forward <laughs> um but and though I kind of feel sad that I had to go through that and that I was quite numb and you know that I would disassociate when I had sex because I kind of had to because I was leaving myself every single time I was I was sort of abandoning me you know when I would do this and so I do feel sad about it but you know in that whole like pleasure pain thing it's like well now I appreciate what I have so much mm. you know like because of that because of having that journey and that that time that felt really shit mm where I was not sovereign at all, I did not take care of myself, um, that now I'm like, I have really good boundaries. I'm not saying that I don't get it wrong sometimes, but I do. Um, I don't allow people who aren't uh, deserving of me and my body and my energy to have that <laughs> um yeah and I take care of it I nurture it and I and I love my sexual sensual side of myself she's like she's wild and she's slutty and she's like you know she's great, she's great. <laughs> and I trust her now and I didn't before now that, I, I think I think that is that is like a real kind of big bell thing that because in our overculture the wild liberated sexual female self is necessarily um, by our culture painted as a negative force yeah untrustworthy dangerous you know will take people will take what isn't hers yeah so to hear that you have you can you have this beautiful energy and that you trust it is just it's just so beautiful to hear yeah it's like yeah she was there all the time but I couldn't I couldn't let her out and now and and then not only not only sexually like when I'm like in the sea squealing, that's her too. When I'm like dancing wildly, that's her too. There, you know, she expresses herself in different ways. Mm. I wonder, and I don't know. This is just me wondering if there is a, a rather um, sort of artificial boundary that we draw between sexual expression and other creative expression 
So I would think of it more as life force, something along those lines, more like libido or life force or something about that, something about being plugged into the universe and energy coming through us for expression. And that might be to to feel sexual pleasure with yourself or with somebody else or lots of people in various ways, or it might be dancing or it might be drawing a picture or, it, you know. And I think that we get, we get a lot of, we get really hang up, hung up on how, how this, libido is very old fashioned. I think it's not, I think it's old fashioned language. I think how this energy um, gets expressed, you know, yeah then, yeah I really like that I think that yeah like that really what you just said totally um yeah that resonates that really does because actually um I realized actually even in this conversation like she wasn't really being expressed when I was younger because I, I didn't have access to it because mm. I was numbing out you know so it wasn't like she was there and behaving badly maybe she was maybe she was a bit I need to sort of feel into it but mm. it was it was more that I just didn't have that connection at all yeah you know mm. so so when you when you are able to create a positive relationship with yourself and your body and your I don't know if you don't, um, if not soul being or mm. whatever, then that energy can start yeah. to be, I don't know. It just comes out. No, yeah, it can flow. It just flows, yeah, I think, I think that's the thing. And, but for, in order for it to flow, some stuff has to be in place. Like you have to have space, enough time. <laughs> You know, if you're if you're living in a really 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 busy life and everything is, yeah. then there's no space for it. If you're um, kept small by something, by a relationship or a role you're stuck in, or because you can't eat well enough or not eating well enough, or you know all those things that keep us small uh, reduce our our aliveness and reduce our capacity to allow this flow so it's it's my favorite it's my favorite paradox in well-being it's very very simple it's much more it's much more simple than we would like it to be you know we always look for the big the big fancy you know this big I like a big structure and a, a, a philosophy and you know actually it's really simple <laughs> but it's just quite hard to have all that stuff in place in our complex lives complex lockdown pandemic lives absolutely and having the support around you as well you know because... let's talk about that sophie <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah go on yeah well i think <laughs> anyway, i'm supposed to be interviewing you but i think it's always all about me I, I, what I know, what I notice from myself and from the people, my friends and the people I work with is that having a supportive, loving, encouraging community is absolutely essential, non-negotiable for our flow. Mm -hmm. 
absolutely and this becomes you can probably get by pre-menopause without you know with you can probably get by because you have enough estrogen <laughs> to whoosh you through but actually as as menopause passes these um places of support however you structure them you know you might be well probably all zooming these days but are absolutely crucial mm -hmm. You know, I, I feel like they're the walls of my building. <laughs> and I have really consciously drawn in um, circles of support. Yeah. Yeah. Peer groups, mostly, yeah. actually. Yogis. Peer groups. Peer so groups. mates. <laughs> yeah. It's a fancy way of saying mates. Um, mates. And usually meeting, but with a, with a kind of structure so that there's, yeah, it's safe. Yeah, people that get you and not and not necessarily people that are going to um, agree with you. No. Um, but people that under, understand you. Um, it's really important. It's really important. Absolutely. I, I completely agree. I mean, I feel that now. You know, and, I, and actually bringing it back to perimenopause, like one thing that I that I don't have the energy for now is people who drain my energy so oh, yeah <laughs> so I can't do it I can't give my time to people that are gonna suck me dry because I just don't have I'm not resourced like that mm. and I'm or maybe it's more that I give too much of a shit about myself these days no, I'm just not going to do it because actually I, I care about my mental health mm. and, um, and well-being mm. too much that is the holy menopausal gift of discernment yeah <laughs> yeah yeah exactly and it is exactly. awesome I mean, for, for me, like someone like me, I'm a real ditherer. Like, oh, should I do this or should I do that? You know, I spent my whole life going, oh, I'm not sure. What do you think? Oh, and like menopause, it's that one. That one. <laughs> no. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> this is fun. It saves a lot of energy. Yeah, and time. And time. And that's, and that's the thing when I was talking about urgency, it's that as well. It's that, you know... You get to that, you, for me anyway, I'm at this point where I'm like, second half of my life, let's go, you know? Yeah. What do I want it to, what do I want to create? Who do I want to be, you know, in the second half of my life? So, Sophie, what are your non-negotiables about around caring for yourself in your life? It's, it's very micro. My non-negotiables are like, day-to-day non-negotiables now rather than I absolutely must go on a on a retreat every year or whatever because we're just not living in that world at the moment are we so um so my non-negotiables are that um I get up I do my journaling unless um it doesn't if it doesn't happen I don't you know beat myself up about it if I have a day off but it really helps me to just process stuff and just like rage on the page, whatever I need to do, just get stuff out. 
um, really helps just with my clarity and, you know, so um, I move in some way every day. So whether that's walking on the beach or doing some yoga or lifting some weights or whatever it is, I move, I move my body somehow in a, in one way or maybe two, you know, I don't know. I mean, I just, I just am much more boundary with my, with my time and my space to the point that I upset other people. Mm. I do. Yeah. Because there's that saying, what is it? The only people that have, the only people that have a problem with your boundaries are those that benefited from you not having them in the first place. Mm. So, you know, and it's no one's fault. It's just that things change and and I think actually that has been a gift of lockdown as well it's for me it's been perimenopause and lockdown has made me much more boundary with my energetic space you know yeah um so so that is something that I really take care of too it's very simple like really simple yeah these, these kind of Simple uh, micro, you call them, things that done every day make a massive mm-hmm. difference. Small things make a huge difference when you do them every day. Yeah, and they're different for everyone, aren't they? I mean, I don't have a shower every day at the moment. I don't, I don't put a bra on every day. I hardly ever do, actually. But, you know, mm-hmm. but for someone else, their non-negotiables could be, mm-hmm. I have a, you know, I always make sure that I do my hair and I put my makeup on or whatever, whatever makes them feel ready. You know, those are mine. It's like connection, connection, connect. It's just like connect myself, connect myself, connect myself. First. Yeah. Was it check in with yourself before you check in with the world? That's um, Matthew McConaughey said that in a podcast I was listening to recently and I just mm-hmm. thought that yeah. Was good. Yeah. yeah, straightforward, really simple. Yeah. So what is your one, are you going to have one top tip that you could give to other people to improve their body confidence? I would, okay, I would write down what makes you feel good. I'd write it down. What makes you feel good? Mm. And then I would do more of that. (laughs) <laughs> and you could be more but you know what makes me feel good in my body mm. write it down do more of that that mm. would be a good start like what makes your body kind of like smile inside or mm. um yeah excellent that would be one, one simple thing yeah yeah do more of that yes and that in that do more of that though and then there is a whole other <laughs> oh, there's so much you know uh, yeah I could give a list a long long list but I won't yeah. okay and Sophie thank you so much I appreciate your you. menopausal gift of discernment for gifting us this time and your wonderful journey and your um uh what is it called your authority and your wisdom and your gorgeous vibrancy uh, is not a small gift for us so thank you so much where do we find you when we want to look at your bum <laughs> or when we want to when we want to engage with your rather marvelous workshops where you won't if, um, 
Possibly not. If well, it's all part and parcel, to be honest. Um, <laughs> I actually made a video yesterday for uh, uh, an on, uh, online journaling course that I'm running at the moment, and um, I it's a movement video, and I was in my underwear uh for it and I was like yes finally you know I would have died naked if I could but you know it's like yeah finally I I'm you know this is this is good yeah this is good you know um anyway my bum yes so <laughs> I'm yes. and I'm so clear on Instagram Sophie I love how your hair gone <laughs> all white Sophie.clear Sophie.clear, C-L-E-E-R-E, and Sophie spelled with a P-H. Okay. And uh, my website is sophieclear.com. And those are really the two uh, main places, really. But I'm, I run um, monthly uh, self-love classes for, uh, for women to just have some time to themselves and just connect. To their bodies um, and I run um, sort of every two to three months I run 21 day journaling courses which um, are really they're amazing actually I, I feel really proud of them and very simple daily prompts um, which go into all of the areas that we've been talking about and um, yeah and there's some different practices and stuff there to um yeah so that's something that i do that people could check out if they wanted to oh lovely fabulous resources thank you so much sophie for talking to me you're welcome it was a pleasure <laughs> i had to sing the end <laughs>I bet you have some pretty groovy thoughts in your mind now about what gives you pleasure. So why not go and do some of it now or make a plan about when this is going to happen and how you're going to get more fun. Sophie is such an inspiration. I'd love to hear your response to the issues we discussed today. We cannot have too much discussion about pleasure, about body confidence, about perimenopause and loving ourselves as we age. You know, together we're rewriting the script right now. I'd also love to hear your tips about how you improve your inside life and your body confidence. You can come and tell me on Instagram at kate underscore codrington, where you'll also find all the latest workshops and events and loads of cool freebies on offer. Please, Join me again very soon for another episode and another juicy discussion about the inside life.